Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, we have Karina, our dear friend and sister, Karina Mendez Cunningham. And she is talking about crushes, three types of crushes. You see, we've had a similar conversation in the past, but she's gone deeper. And now she's really deciphered three types of very distinct crushes that you all need to learn about because if you are single, you need to know about this. If you're married, you need to know about this. And if you're a parent, you need to know about this because each crush has a very distinct expression and outcome. And if you want to stay away from disasters like falling in love with somebody by accident or getting falling in love with the wrong person or letting your emotions just basically take over the whole scene of a relationship, then listen to this episode. It's really, really good. I really like these concepts a lot. We go in deep so that we can elaborate upon each single concept so that they're crystal clear. And if you can understand these concepts and implement them in your life, you will shave off years of pain and suffering and years and years worth of wasted time in fantasy land wishing that you were somebody else doing something else. And instead, you can just enjoy being yourself, living life the way that you choose to live. So let's get into it without further ado. Welcome, Karina Mendez Cunningham. Welcome back, everybody. So today we have a special guest, a repeat guest, and she's not even a guest. She's a co-host, but she's still kind of a guest. Her name is Karina. You know her. Everybody knows her. If you don't know her, shame on you. Shame on you. Go to our website and just look up Karina. She's the second half of Robert, or Robert's the second half of her. I'm not sure which one. I don't know who's in the lead, but they're (laughs) each other's halves. And she was giving a presentation recently about crushes. And I know we've already talked about that on this podcast, but she's had some deeper insights. God gave her a download. Somebody did. Somewhere, somehow, she got a download. And this is really for you to help clarify your understanding of crushes. I think this can really help us, whether you're single or whether you're already in a relationship, this can help avoiding a lot of pain, potentially. Your focus on where you want to invest your energy and your love and your admiration and whatnot. So welcome back, Karina. It's been a while. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. It's really nice to see, to be back on the podcast. I love to be on the podcast. And I'm very excited for today to give you some context. Robert and I were running a new program called Known. This program is basically for singles to understand their own sexuality. And it's very, doing very fun so far. We are in week almost ending at this point. But one of the topics was attraction. So I've been talking a lot about crushes and attraction. We did a podcast together with Andrew already about it. But I felt like there was something else that can come up, right? That something else that can come through me about the topic. So I was praying and meditating and this concept kind of like helped me going more deep about it, right? In the last podcast, we say that crushes are a sign of something, right? It's a sign of a need that we have for connection. And that's a general idea, which is great. But inspiration came up for me for these three types of crushes. And each one of us, it represents a need or 
it tells us something about ourselves, something that what is happening for now, for us now, or things that are unfulfilled from the past. And it tells something about us. So it's like this conversation about these three types of crashes is really helpful to understand what kind of information this crash is giving to me, right? Depending on what type of crash. And once we start to describe it, you're going to immediately realize which crash you are experiencing and maybe you're experiencing one or maybe you're experiencing a mix of the three of them right but I think it's it is a kind of like a nice framework to help you know what information this crash is giving to you yeah so everybody self-awareness I just had a call before this call with somebody who just was they almost lost their way but they didn't and they realized they were wondering did I slip or not and it was a great conversation to have because he didn't slip, but he still felt bad. And he's like, well, what is a slip? And I was like, well, it's a great question. It's really up to your standards. So your standards really guide you from where you're at to where you want to be. It's like the habits that allow you to get the things that you want. And so crushes are helping you to establish standards of love, basically. Understanding like, oh, maybe I'm getting a little bit too close to this person, right? Oh, maybe I should communicate with them less or change the way that I communicate with them or whatever. But I really feel like this is a really important conversation for people to gain more self-awareness about the feelings that they have and whether their intentions are pure or whether they're kind of like looking for attention and this kind of stuff. So I'm really, I'm excited to unpack what you have in store for us, Karina. So are they in order of severity, these three types of crushes? Do we want to start with like light, medium, <laughs> and then super severe? Or how are they categorized? I don't know how an idea. I will I will <laughs> share from the base or the order that show up to me. <laughs> okay. So what's they're number the one? Easier to recognize. So the easier to recognize is the band aid crush. So the bandit, when you get hurt and you have to recover your, how you say it? Boo-boo, your cut, your, your boo -boo, scratch, your, your scrape. Exactly. And you cover your pain with something else, right? And this is simple to recognize if we're thinking from the point of view of a married person, a married couple. For example, imagine that in my relationship with Robert, we start to struggle and then I kind of like get detached, disconnected and feel like lack of love. And then I go to other places like work or the gym or other places that I socially interact. And I'm easily attracted to a, a person, for example. And that attraction comes from a place of lack of love or, or needing that connection that is lacking in my relationship. And then so I'm more susceptible to feel connection with this person in a romantic way. Of course, we can have connection with other people, opposite gender. But in a romantic way, usually when you are in a relationship, it's usually because something is happening in your relationship. So it's easy to recognize when you're already in a relationship because it's like, oh, yeah, like I have a spouse, right? So it's happening because I'm having a problem with my spouse. But it actually can apply the same point of view to a single person because no matter what, we actually already in a relationship, even if we're single, it's just we don't know who that person is. And we're creating this relationship through our relationship with God when we're single, right? So when we are disconnected with God, 
sad, when we're disconnected with ourselves, when we feel disconnected from this source of love, then we feel more vulnerable to be attracted to other people, to feel like to want to have a crush, right? Or get attracted to someone else and move that need from love that you have, from real love that you have, over a place that you can find it easily and more, it's kind of like a more fake immediately love, right? So it's just a cover. It's a crush that is trying to cover something. And the information it's giving to you is that what need you're trying to cover through that crush on that person, you know? Or what is happening in you? Or what is not going well? How is your relationship with your spouse, with God, with your parents? What kind of relationship this relationship is trying to move your attention from? So this is the first one. I don't know if you have any comment to add. I probably you have great insight about it. No, that's a good one. It's more of like an avoidance crush, an escape crush. Like, right? So you're in pain yeah. and you want something to take away your pain. So it's like a drug. I didn't know that most of my life. I was addicted to being in love, this feeling of being in love. And because it's a wonderful feeling, right? But little do you know, it's just a bunch of chemicals rushing through your brain, <laughs> right? And when those chemicals yeah. are gone and you see the real person, it's kind of scary. So in a sense, yeah, there's like a void in your life and you want to fill it with and somebody's like, it's like, oh, they take away your pain because they're so cool. But in many cases, honestly, they just embody something that you admire, something that you wish you had more of in your life, but you ascribe it to them. And you want, you think that you want them, but you just want what they represent in your life in a sense. Mm. So yeah, it is like a drug because it's the feeling that you get that you really like. You don't really care about that person because you don't even, in most cases, know that person. It's just how they make you feel. Yeah, yeah. it is kind of like a drug love. Puppy love is kind of like a little drug, right? I wouldn't say it's like a heroin, but it's like, you know, it's a pretty addictive drug to be in love, right? A little crush. Yeah, yeah. So to make it more personal, that, that happened to me, for example, in high school, there was this guy who had a crush on me, but I never pay attention to him. Like, it really never, I was like, oh, this is so cute for him, you know, but it really never, like, really feelings came out from me to him. But then, like, I start to struggle with the church, with my parents, and I kind of, like, start to have uh, challenging feelings for myself and everything I was starting to doubt about everything and my relationship with God basically and in that moment I was like naturally like oh kind of like distracting myself like I actually like him you know he's so cute and kind of generating feelings but at the end of the day it was just a distraction from me to not feel the pain that I was going through and it's kind of fun and at the same time if the other person is already giving you attention right it's kind of like exciting you feel love and you feel like oh this person cares about me and yeah but at the end of the day everything kind of falls with time and you realize that it's not really what you think it is yeah well just like drugs i was just listening to this guy who's a musician talking about being a drug addict and it sounded miserable the person who was interviewing them said it's like, it sounds terrible and he's like yeah it is <laughs> you know but it's like <laughs> In the moment, it's not about feeling good. It's about avoiding feeling bad. And you do anything to get away from that pain, right? And yeah. so a lot of times when you end up having a crush on somebody, you're completely ignoring some very important signs that you're doing something stupid. And you could be hurting other people. You could be hurting yourself. You could be destroying your friendship with that person. You could be doing a lot of stupid stuff. But your desire to want to escape the pain is so much greater than your 
desire to want to face reality <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. That you're getting yourself into a whole world of pain. And if you can just stop and evaluate the situation a little bit more logically, you can see how silly the whole thing is. But when you're yeah. completely possessed by that feeling, it's almost impossible to see how stupid you look. Yeah, and the dangerous about this type of crush is that usually we tend to do it with someone that is already giving us attention. So it happens to us when we're receiving that attention and since we are lacking, we feel more attracted. Like we want that attention again, right? So it can be dangerous in that sense because the other person is more reciprocate, right? The other person is actually giving to you that. So if you give in on that, and give and take, things can happen more quickly. While the second type of crush, which is the fantasy crush, we were mentioning that a little bit about things, that it is a crush that if it happens more from our side than from the other person's side. And okay. it's more, we create this image of this like princess or incredible like prince charming that is going to come and save our life and make us like uh, have an incredible life, you know? And we create an image of different characteristics this person has and everything a character. And we put the character that we have in our mind toward a face. And maybe we don't have so much interaction with this person, but we put this fantasy on this person. So we relate all these emotions toward that person. And usually the information, these fantasies come from uh, pain from the past. For example, if you have a pain from your dad that really, for example, screamed to you when he was upset, you want either like something similar or opposite. You know, we thought we get attracted to both the same or the opposite. Someone that treats us really nicely and or the different things, different characteristics that can connect with traumas from the past or things that we want to avoid from the present. As well, for people who really read a lot of books and romantic books and movies, they get like and this idea of like the romantic relationship that will help us and they're going to make them happy, all that, right? So all that fantasy, we put it on this person and it can happen like the reason you put this characteristics to this person, it can be different ones. For example, in my case, it was just a great beginning of a relationship or you met someone in a special way and you are like, oh, or just physical, like physically it's kind of similar to what you imagine, you know, as well in your fantasy. So you connect them or it can be like, just he or her she come to you and say hello and then you're like <gasps> and you don't know this person so much but you put all these characteristics fantasy characteristics on this person i think it was you andrew that in the non session as well you connect we were saying about connecting emotions toward an image so yeah. this fantasy crash is the same it's connecting an image of a person of a face of a person with an emotion that we are looking forward right but we just rush to it. And that's like kind of like the fantasy crash that it comes more from the part of the person who is experiencing the crash, right? Yeah, that's definitely, I would say true of everybody that people do that with politicians or with celebrities where maybe it takes a different shape than a crush, but it's kind of like they put all their hopes into a person. It becomes an mm. idol. I guess that's idol worshiping, right? Yeah. That type of crush is actually idol worship because you're ascribing a ton of greatness to a person. And it's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. You want the feeling. So you put a face of somebody else as somebody that would give you that feeling. It's completely in your head. 
and that's actually a really powerful tool if you use it the right way. You got to put the right person and the right feeling together. <laughs> I guess that's the point. <laughs> if you put the wrong person and the wrong feeling together, then it's a disaster. But let's say you put admiration to a parent. Great, right? Every time you think of that parent brings up a certain feeling. But every time you say, think about that crush and they, it makes you feel lovey-dovey, then obviously that it's not serving you in any way. You're looking for that feeling, but you just need to swap that face that's giving you that feeling. Mm. Just maybe yourself, maybe somebody else, but not in a crushy way. So I like that. So let me just recap. So far, you're talking about the Band-Aid is really stimulated by somebody else giving you attention. Like they notice you and that stirs up some feelings like, oh, wow, they looked at me. Oh my gosh, I mean something, right? So it's really yeah. stemming from wanting to be noticed, wanting to be loved. Whereas the fantasy is more about putting a face to an emotion and completely writing the story of what that person's like without really knowing them or anything real. You're just completely making up who that person is and just putting their face on that feeling. Yeah. And maybe you don't even, like, as you say, maybe you start to know that person, but nothing that the person <clears throat> is giving to you is actually that you're not reading, you're just listening what you want, right? Yeah. So if the person yeah. just smiles to you once, you think like, oh my gosh, but maybe he's like actually, or she is actually rejecting you or giving you other <laughs> kind of signs, but you just don't read those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Selective hearing. So that's the reticular activating system is the part of your brain that observes your biases. Like it confirms the things that you want to believe or that you care about. It's looking for confirmation of this. So in this case, it's, yeah, if you're blinded by your crush, then you'll only look at the good stuff about that person, right? Yeah. That's wild because I'm sure everybody listening has experienced that attractive person who looks at you and smiles at you and it just fills you up with this warmth and like oh my god they you know they but you completely <laughs> then that's like just one interaction you have no idea maybe they just farted and they're smiling because yeah. and you have no idea but you're like oh my god they like me right you're making that mean something it's just the thing that happened but it's what you make it mean that either helps you or hurts you in the end and the fact yeah, is exactly. that a lot of times people make somebody's life means something that is not based in reality. And in that case, it's obviously you're going to reach an ending to that and it's not going to be pretty because you're going to just be slapped in the face with reality at some point. Yeah, and this kind of crush can last long time too if you are not careful if you're not kind of like forever from the beginning right the more give and take you have with this fantasy in your mind the harder it is and it's like it can be really hard to get it like finish this cycle in your mind yeah that's very true when you work on a project and you invest your time and energy into something the more that you labor over it the more that you care about it because it's an investment you're investing your energy your time your attention sometimes your blood sweat and tears and that's what a fantasy is, is ultimately you're investing emotion in it, time, energy, and you're building this thing up. And the more energy and emotion that you invest into it, the stronger it becomes, the more valuable it becomes to you. And that's why some people can get completely obsessed. They won't even let you come close to their fantasy. If you test their fantasy, they will just hate you. And they'll say, get away, you know, like, don't tell me, you can't tell me. And when you see somebody like this, it's really quite sad, right? Because it's, you know that they're just kind of delusional. It's good. I don't want to make people feel guilty if they're experiencing this kind of crush. 
remember always that this crash is giving you information and that's why it's this categorization is good for you to kind of have a framework to understand what kind of information is giving this to you, right? So this kind of crash, I will repeat, is giving you information of, about like things that you like, but at the same time, fears, traumas, core fears, like things that are very inside yourself. So try to check what is inside this fantasy crash what kind of information is giving to you what kind of pains you are trying to cover through it from your past and why you want this fantasy like why you think this person has these characteristics how that is impacting your spirit and your life and why do you think all this is important for you and you're gonna get a lot of important information about yourself and that's that's the main point about this right yeah information is very very important to know information about yourself, then you can tell other people about yourself. If you know about yourself, you can say, I'm like this. But I was just having this conversation today with somebody that most people, they don't have enough information about themselves to give to their potential spouse. And so they're both lacking a great deal of information. So to make an educated decision as to whether they're suitable for each other is actually nearly impossible unless they have sufficient information. So that information that you're talking about, learning about yourself, that's really, really important for yourself to understand yourself, but also so that you can tell that person that ends up being in your life who you really are so that they can deal with that. Because otherwise, yeah. they're just dealing with their interpretation of you instead of the real you. But usually that's all people have to work with because they don't know the real themselves. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So I will move on to the last one, which is the confused crush. And this is the kind of crush that it comes out from confusing the type of love that you're giving and receiving. So there's four type of love, right? There's the parental love, there's the child love, there's the brother and sister love, I bet that is another word in English for this, but there's a couple's love or spouse love. And then there is the parent to child, like a parent to child love, right? So child, siblings, couple, and parents, right? So these are the four types of love that they are. And uh, you can have different levels of each other, but those are the main type, type of loves. So sometimes when we don't have a strong foundation, for example, receiving love from our parents, or like we don't have a strong love from our parents, or we didn't have the feeling of give and take from the love of our parents, we might confuse when someone loves us with parental love, we might confuse it with romantic love. Or when someone is loving us as a older brother and sister or younger brother and sister, and they're loving us from that kind of lens, and we don't have a strong foundation of how that love actually feels, we confuse it with romantic love. So this kind of crush gives you the information of what type of love you are actually lacking or you haven't built a strong relationship, right? So for example, in my STF years, I have a crush on my commander and I felt so terrible because he was married and he had kids actually. But that crush didn't last so long, but that crush came from this type of crush, the confused crush, where he was giving me parenting love, older brother love, and since I never received that kind of love, I didn't knew how, how to receive it, right? And I got confused and I confused it since I was vulnerable in my emotions with romantic love. So I don't know if it makes sense. Maybe you can explain and then we'll help understand too. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, we're 
not to get kicked off the face of the planet, but what we learned about same-sex attraction, uh, you know, all this stuff, gender confusion, all this stuff really comes from a developmental misinterpretation of love. That at some point you didn't receive the love that you needed at that age. And then things just kind of unraveled from there. And it's very true of, you know, it can even be present tense, right? Like say you're married, say you even have kids, say you have adult kids even, but you and your wife have been fighting for 30 years and you're not getting a certain type of love from them. You could confuse a friend who just wants to be a friend as having romantic feelings for you because you have this void in your life. Or maybe you're like, think about the quintessential university professor who has an affair with one of their students. They're completely confusing the parent-child dynamic. They both are in that scenario, right? The student is getting what is supposed to be like parental guidance from a teacher. And the teacher is meant to be giving that paternal or maternal love, but they mix it all up. It all gets jumbled up. And so you have these feelings and without a channel, that's, I forget who said it. I think it was Sancha, actually. And one of her testimonies, she said, love without a container wreaks havoc. So that container is knowing what relationship you're in and understanding what love is best for that relationship. And when love just runs willy-nilly and you're just going by your feelings and things get really confusing very quickly, (laughs) right? So somebody likes you, you like them, then you hate each other and then you move on and then you like somebody else, they like you. It's just like, when I watch TV shows, I just want to, I honestly just need to take a breather after and just vomit for a second because it's just like watching little kids. I like you, I hate you, I like you, I hate you. Or you watch those reality shows like the Kardashians, you're like, my God, they're like little children. They don't understand anything about love. So I think most of the world exists in that confused love. Yeah. Even many couples form a family based off of confused love, right? When they say, I love you, or I'm out of love with you, I fell out of love with you. A lot of times just you didn't really understand the love that you did have, that it was actually brother and sister love. You turned it into romantic love and then it got weird. You're not out yeah. of love with them. You just chose the wrong direction for that love. So yeah, the container, I know people don't like to be put into boxes or anything, but it does help in this situation to understand that love gets confused if you don't understand which dynamic you are working in within a relationship, right? Because yeah. even within a relationship like you and Robert, you guys take turns. Sometimes you feel like Robert's mom. Sometimes you feel like his sister. Sometimes you feel like his lover, right? There's different, yeah. you have to kind of, and even within a relationship, you have to know which hat to wear. If Robert's being a baby, then you got to take care of him like a baby, right? But if like there's different energies for each dynamic within every relationship. But in terms of crushes, yeah, I could see that unless you're really clear about what that relationship means, you'll end up having all sorts of feelings. Yeah, and the the formation is like if you don't have a strong foundation on parental love and sibling loves, right? Brother and sister's love, then this can happen so easily. Like if you don't have sisters and you never develop a strong sister relationship, then every time a sister come out to you and say hi, you will confuse it with romantic love, for example, right? And as you say, as well, uh, same-sex attraction, I'm pretty sure this is connected with this as well, like the root, right? We confuse it. And so many things are happening in the world, like pedophilia and a lot of stuff that is happening. And I don't think nobody's doing it because they are bad people, but they're just confusing love, right? They're confusing. They don't have a strong foundation. They don't have a strong 
a real parent-child relationship, a real brother and sister relationship. So they don't know, they're ignorant, right? Yeah. So if this is happening to you, it's really important to know like what is usually that your relationship with your parents if it's happening with you with someone older than you? What is a relationship with your child if this is happening with someone younger than you and all that, right? Like what is beyond, behind this confused love is there is some things that you can learn and you can work and it, it is an incredible process because you will find the real view behind that. Yeah, this is all really, really important. So you said that nobody does it because they're evil. And I definitely do agree that people create painful situations when they themselves are in pain. And like we had a meeting yesterday and I just heard Socrates really believed this idea that nobody is inherently evil. It's just ignorance. Evil stems from ignorance. And so, you know, just think about that. You're listening to this podcast. You're ingesting this information. All misery is caused by ignorance. That's, I mean, a theory that I could buy into largely that we have equal opportunity to do bad and good. And if you do something wrong, then it's a lot of times just because you have no relationship with the good. So in terms of crushes, Instead of going down that road and end up feeling really crappy about yourself, then it's good to take that information that we just gave you and be self-aware about what is going on, what is really going on behind the emotions, what's happening right now. Why am I doing this? Like, why are we starting to, does this person really love me? So is there a future here, right? So I like it a lot. I can't wait for your book to come out. I keep on (laughs) saying Karina's got to write a book about this. I want to end with that one last concept, just to help people to understand the difference between a crush and a healthy attraction. Okay. A healthy attraction is like a crush usually happens to a, toward a person. You have a crush toward a person, but attraction, attraction happens toward an attribute of a person or an attribute, right? You are attracted to honesty. You are attracted to a certain type of expression. You're attracted to X, X, Y. So attraction, it is important to get the information what you are attracted about, right? So it's kind of saying, I like strawberries, right? It's like, I'm attracted to honest people, right? And it doesn't have to be connected with romantic feelings. It's just a thing that you are attracted naturally. And that is important to learn in life and get self-aware. To start a relationship, you actually don't need to be attracted to the person. Attraction kind of grows with love. So there is an, in the divine principle, which is the core of a unification movement ideology. It talks about the relationship between beauty, which is beauty is basically attraction, beauty and love. And love is in the subject position and beauty is in the object position. When you love something, when the object reciprocates with your love, the response to that love is beauty, which is attraction. So when attraction can create love because you are attracted to something and you can create love from that attraction. But if you create love from that attraction, you put in attraction as a subject and love as the object. And then whenever that beauty ends for any reason or changes for any reason, then the love breaks. But if you put love as the subject and beauty as the object, then that can be eternal because you will find beauty in things that you didn't find beautiful before, right? So for example, the Wolfenbergers have a dog. His name is Paco. He's the most 
ugly dog I ever seen, you know? And I saw, I, the first time I saw, I was like, the first feelings come out was like disgust. What the hell is that? What is that? You know? I was like, so shocked. It was a combination between a rat and a dog. And I was like, what? And a cat? What is that? And then I was like, okay, I would love this dog, right? And I spent time with the dog and put love at the beginning uh, as a subject. And the dog, day by day, started to be so cute for me. And the end of my time in the Wolfenberg house, I I was like such a cutie doll I would love you miss you so much <laughs> so that's a kind of funny example but it happens with relationship right like I don't know I'm just being almost three years married with Robert and every day it's like oh my gosh before I was like kind of turned off that maybe like he didn't have so much muscle and stuff then now I'm like I don't care if he doesn't have muscle or not you know I'm like oh my god he's super handsome and it's because love is a subject so then the more I love him the more the love grows the more I beauty I can receive from him right so at the end of the day I know that attraction is important to start a relationship but it's kind of like attraction you're attracted to attributes and that is very changeable like and it's not the main like it cannot be the center of how you start a relationship and we should make a podcast about that like shows about that but I wanted to end with that concept because it is important to understand the crashes and the information behind the crashes but crashes and attraction no matter what it's not the best as a main point to start a relationship with someone and I hope with this concept it's easier for you to understand what is the difference between a crash and a healthy attraction and as I say attraction you are attracted to a certain attribute and that's kind of like very simple like I like blue and that's it doesn't change your life it's just something that is there uh, information about you I like it a lot yeah everybody this is really good stuff to think about it will help you it shaves off years of how much time have you spent in fantasy obviously people who listen to our podcast a lot of them have watched porn what do you think that is right why do you think yeah. you know it's so customizable it's because you want a certain type of fantasy and that, again, it's like you have two parts of you. You have the external form and then this internal nature. So this external stuff, the result of like, oh, I want this, it's connected to an internal reason why. And if you can start to unravel that, then you'll get to know, oh, I'm seeking this kind of person. That means that I want this deep down inside. That gives you power. Then you're a powerful person who cannot be corrupted. But without understanding that part of you, you can easily fall into marketing traps. Just think about that. You can fall into so many traps. You can be bribed. You can just be corrupted. So if you want to be incorruptible, you want to be really whole, just a fulfilled person, then it's really important to understand what drives your actions, what drives your crushes. So thank you, Karina, for stopping by and for shedding some wisdom with us. Any last words that you want to say before you go? Oh, thank you everyone for listening to this point and if you ever want to talk I'm available as well and we hope to create more podcast episodes like this yeah thank you Karina and thank you universe and we'll see you next time bye bye hello everybody Andrew Love here for one last announcement and that is I encourage you to join our newsletter we don't spam people. We give you the goods. We give you good quality information once a week in your email. And so we send out newsletters probably Saturdays mid-morning. 
on average. And these are filled with blogs, the latest content, everything you need to know in order to get through your week with high noon light. So let us light up your inbox. Join our newsletter by going to highnoon.org. It's all right there. It's super easy. We won't spam you. We just want to let you stay connected to this high noon providence. So go to highnoon.org and sign up for our newsletter.